Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message. Let's go right into the Word. Let's not take a pause. Let's get right into the Word because the praise, the worship ushered us into the presence of God. And in that presence, I believe that God wants to simply illuminate us. He wants to share something with us that will help us to see how much he loves us. Say, I'm loved. loved. Say it again, I'm I'm loved. Look, somebody may not have told you that this week. You may not have another human being that have been able to articulate or communicate to you that they love you. But I want you to know heaven is crying out to you, you're loved. You're never alone. You're not forgotten. You'll never be forsaken. No matter where you go, no matter how low you go, how you go, God will always be there with you. This is why last week when we started a series uh, about angels, and I admit it to you as a pastor, and I said, look, I wanted to preach on the Advent. I started working on it last year in the last week of December. And I said, by the time I get to the first week in December, I'm going to be ready. Then God said, okay, Mr. Ready, I have something ready for you. How many of you know that God is always getting you ready for what he already has ready for you? There's nothing wrong with studying. There's nothing wrong with writing your notes, writing your journals, doing all those things. I encourage that. But be flexible. And whatever he says to do, just do it. Don't just think that this is the way I've always done it. This is the way I see it. Folks, God's trying to get all of us out of that tunnel vision approach. And so our ears just hear what he is saying. And so as I began to do what God was asking me to do and had to put aside what I thought I should do, I began to realize that angels were all over the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. I started just in the New Testament looking at how angels spoke to Elizabeth, to her husband, Zechariah. We knew that the forerunner to Jesus would be a man named John. We would call him John the Baptist. But angels had ministered. Didn't we know that angels ministered to Mary and said to her, you are going to have the child, the son of God. And then her spouse, Joseph, yet another another angel coming and saying, Joseph, you don't have to try to hide her or put her away. This is of God. We can see then immediately after that, after Mary would say, be it unto me. As they traveled to Bethlehem, angels, angels would say to shepherds at night, for unto us, fulfilling of Isaiah, you know, this child is born. Angels, a heavenly host, the Bible said, would start singing and declaring, the birth of Christ. Angels would speak to those who were wise enough to follow the star. Angels would guide them. Angels would say, you don't have to return to Herod. 
angels have been involved. Jesus, when he grew and, and he became and walked into his earthly ministry, the Bible said he was out in the wilderness fasting 40 days and 40 nights. He said, then the devil came and tempted him. Do you realize that when you finish the temptations that the devil tried to put on Jesus, do you know what happened? Angels came and ministered to Jesus. So why am I talking so much about angels? Because God wants you to understand who they are. What do they do? Why is it important to you? Who are these angels? And, and, and last week when we were ending, I was sharing with you, uh, theologians generally say there's nine types of angels. Now, if you try to bring the Hebrew in, they will take you over to more than nine angels. They'll start talking about angels that you won't see in your translations of the Bible. But that's coming not necessarily from your, what we call the canon of the Bible. The bottom line is there are angels. Angels are spiritual beings. They have a will. They have feelings. They, when I say they have a will, I, I, I say that because there was an angel who decided, I don't want to stay in the plan of God. I want to do my thing. Matter of fact, this angel said, I will build my throne above God's throne. This angel's name was Lucifer. We know him now today as Satan, the devil, which all I'm saying about him today is that angels have a will. Angels have emotion. But angels, and the word angel itself is, means messenger. Angels are here to bring messages to God's people, but he'll also bring message to the unsaved as well. And usually when they bring a message to the unsaved, kind of catastrophic. And all through the book of Revelation, you'll see why I say that. But angels minister. Angels are, have always been involved in ministry. You can go all the way back to the Old Testament and you'll find angels involved. And I think what God is trying to get his church to realize that Somehow we have let Hollywood define who angels are. We have even said of ourselves, I'm an angel, or my baby is an angel, and no, you're not. Angels are created by God, and they have a specific work that they do. One of the things that I found as I study the Word of God, God has given each one of us an opportunity to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is designed to work on the inside of you. As I said, I, I take a note from a T.D. Jake's message when he said, the enemy is in a me. And the Holy Ghost is designed to work on the inside. But I've found that God also has angels so that they can work things that need to be worked on the outside. Do you know that your flesh wars against the Spirit of God? There is a part of the fleshly part of us that doesn't want to do what God is asking us to do. That's why God cautions and, and directs us, then walk in the Spirit. 
you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, I'm saved, so I don't have any more flesh. You might want to wake up. Because the scripture says that you do. The scripture says that daily you need to mortify the deeds of the flesh. The scriptures say that. And you can say, I'm big, bad, and I'm saved, and I'm this, and I'm that. All right, that's all good to hear you say that. That's a sense of confidence. But folks, if the devil came to tempt Jesus, who you? I know that's bad English, but you understand where I'm coming from. Now, what Jesus is simply saying, you'll be able to come through it like I came through it, because why? Jesus was always being guided by the Spirit. But he also had things on the outside working too, called angels. And even he, he you remember what he said? At one point he said in his ministry, I could have called, what? 10,000 10, of them. And what would they have come to do? Minister to Jesus. Now, you and I don't command angels. God commands the angels. But angels exist. Mostly, and most time, they are invisible to you. I know a lot of people say, I see angels. I have never seen one. But I know they see me. Now, I don't dispute you if you say you've seen one. That's all good. Angels have, through the scriptures, shown us that they can manifest themselves as humans. But they're still angels. And they mostly live and operate in the invisible realm. And one thing that you will find about an angel, an angel will be quick to tell a human being, do not worship me. I love that about angels. They make sure that your eyes and your focus are on Jesus. Every time an angel came, sometimes people would fall down in fear. The angel would say, get up. John, you remember John, we call him John the Revelator, book of Revelation. The Bible said John had a personal escort by an angel. And the angel said, I'm going to sh show you all over heaven. And immediately the Bible said John wanted to fall down and start worshiping the angel. And the angel said, oh, oh no, get up. You're going to get me and you in trouble. There is only one to be worshiped. And that one is Almighty God. Now, last week we, we said to you, and I'm trying to get you to remember this in this way. When we are using a, a natural example here, if there was some struggle or trouble going on and you had your phone, the people would tell you to call or dial what? We're going right there. Now, for me, to dial 911 is to go to Psalm 91, verse 1. 911. Because why? Where does your help come from? My help, your help, our help comes from the Lord. So we're going to go there. Psalm 91, verse 1. We're going to look at verse 1 and 2, and then we're going to skip down to verse 11. Number 1, verse 1 and 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2 of that same passage of Scripture says, I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him 
That's who I'm going to put my trust in. That's who I'm going to put my trust in. Now, in this same psalm, we could say dial 9111, and that would be Psalm 91, verse 11. Take me there. Now, everyone read this with me. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you now, the critics will say, that was only for Jesus. That's for you, too. It was for Jesus, and it is for you. God will give his angel. God will command his angels. And why? To keep you. To keep you. There are many times all the angels are doing, trying to do is keep you in the presence of God. Why? Because in the presence of God is what? Fullness of joy. Anybody know what joy does for you? The joy of the Lord is your? And the Bible tells us, then be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Angels, he gives them to keep you, to keep you in all of your ways. And the Bible says in all of our ways, we should be acknowledging God. And what happens when we acknowledge God in all of our ways? He will then direct your path. I don't know what to do. Acknowledge God. I don't know what to say. Acknowledge God. I don't know how we're going to get through. Acknowledge God. See, oftentimes, we don't, we don't see the reality of acknowledging God in that situation. I need to go call my lawyer. I need to talk to my financial advisor. I, I need to call my BFF. No, God says, what you need to do is call on the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, Jesus. Jesus. That's a name. The Bible says that's above every name. That's a name. The Bible says that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. He is Lord. Angels, God gives them or commands them to help you to stay in the way. What is that way? The straight and a narrow way. The Bible says the way of God is straight, it's narrow. There is not a lot of people that want to walk in that way. There's a lot of people who could have gotten up and went to church this morning. They chose not to. It was a choice. I'm a, I, I, I'll lounge today. I'll just veg out today. Well, you know the commanders are playing today, and I got to be there. You know, if I go early, I can beat all those other people that show up at the buffet. You might just want to show up at the presence of God. You might just want to get into the presence of God. Some of us, we, we, we let our emotions and our feelings, we wear them on our sleeves, so to speak. And angels are trying to keep you in the way of saying, you know what? You need to learn how to forgive. Lord, forgive me of my trespasses, even as I'm doing what? Forgiving others. Every now and then, I'm going to say something. Others are going to say something that will rock your little boat, make you feel a little uncomfortable. That doesn't make that person who rocked your boat 
a bad person. It just meant that it didn't go with what you thought ought to be done or said or how it ought to be done or said at that moment in time. Doesn't make them a bad person. And angels try to help us to see that's who God is. God is a God of love. How many of you know you've messed up before in life? Raise your hand real high if you know you've messed up. Now, all of you who didn't raise your hand, come to the altar. I want to <laughs> cast that lying spirit out of you. We all know we have. The Bible says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But God, in his amazing grace, still loves us. John 3, 16, the most quoted of all of the verses in the Bible, and it says, for God, what? So loved the world that he, he, what? He gave, even after we were all in sin and all have fallen short of the glory of God, God still loved us and God still gave. God still loved us and God still gave. God is love. Angels are in your life to help you to keep in that way. That way is love. First Corinthians, you know that, and I'm, we're not turning there. It's in First Corinthians 13. But he said, you know, when it's all said and done, it will not be how well you preached. It will not be how you were the great man or woman of faith. The Bible says those things that really are going to matter is whether you operated in faith, with hope, and with love. And he said, don't tell me all about your faith. You don't have no works to go with it. Amen. Don't tell me all about your work that you do, but you don't have any faith to go with it. Amen. Angels help you keep in the way of having this balance in your life where you understand you're walking by faith, not by sight. And all God's faithful people are also involved in ministry in some way, helping to take the gospel of Jesus Christ as far and as fast as possible into the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen? Amen. Someone wrote me a note. I love it when you guys write me these notes, but you don't like to leave your name on them. And they put in the little envelopes, no name, no, no return address on them. I know somebody must have wrote it while I was preaching, and then they stick it up under the door. And I find it on my desk. I generally don't read them on Sunday. It's like, look, I've done what God told me to do, but I will read them on Monday. And somebody said to me, they said, well, the Bible says we're going to beat angels. I said, well... I don't know where they're coming from, God. And so the Lord had to take me to Matthew chapter 22 and verse 30. Tyler, I don't even think you have that scripture, but I do need to put that up so that people can see and read it with integrity. Read it with a sense of clarity. We are not angels. Human beings are not angels. But in Matthew chapter 22, which we're going to turn to, turn into your Bibles there, Matthew chapter 22 and go down to verse number 30. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 30. I'm going to preach it. I don't mind the, the question, but folks, we have to stay biblical. So if you, if you felt like you were an angel or you 
look at this. It says, for in the resurrection, and you know, they had asked this question about marriage. They're trying to trick Jesus, and they were asking these questions that were intended to try to trip Jesus up. And Jesus said uh, concerning this, he says, for in the resurrection there, they, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are, everybody say it, are, 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 are like. Did you say, in the resurrection, you are going to be an angel? No, he says, like angel. Do you understand what like means? It means that there are certain qualities and attributes that angels have that you will have when you get in glory. How many know you ain't going to need an old broken down body like this anymore? God's going to give you a body that doesn't break down. You'll be able to recognize yourself. I'll be able to recognize you. But our body, because you know how it is. You probably got up this morning and said, Ooh, oh, oh, Lord, oh, God, oh, oh, my. You know what we're talking about, don't you? And it, the, the Bible says mortality is going to put on what? Immortality. Angels are immortal. Angels are immortal. You're going to be like them. You're going to put on immortality. But you're not going to be an angel. Your children are not going to be an angel. They're, they're just going to, we're going to put on immortality. One of the things that I know about angels, they're immortal and they're innumerable. I mean, it's so many of them, you can't count them. And he's given them charge over you. I love this thing that when you read more and more about angels, I found a book and I went back and I'd like for you to know this book because a lot of my notes and a lot of my study uh, along with the, my Bible, I found a book that Billy Graham wrote back in the 70s. How many of you have ever heard of a man named Billy Graham? One of our greatest evangelists in, in our society. And Billy Graham wrote this book, Angels, God's Secret Agents. Powerful book. I downloaded it, put it in my little Kindle, and I went through it. And as I was studying out this, that book helped me so. It'll help you too. Angels, God's Secret Agents. And it just helps us to see things from a biblical standpoint not from Hollywood's viewpoint of angels. You know, Hollywood has every angel as a little Cupid doll. Hollywood, even, you know, I, I, I don't go into many Christmas plays because the ones, that, the real, what they call high production plays, even if they had an so-called angelic being, they always seem to be women. I'm heist it up. But I, 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 women, I don't want you to get mad with me, but I find that most of the angels that God speaks about, he speaks in the male gender. Now, we don't know the names of many angels. I, I, I could only find three names. One that we mentioned earlier who turned demonic was Lucifer. 
Then there, this angel called Michael. And then the other one that's going to blow the horn and you and I are going to have a great getting up morning or evening or night. His name is called Gabriel. I don't, I don't see any other name. But I, 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 you know, so if you ask me, do I have a guardian angel named Fred or Ned? I don't know. <laughs> but I know angels have names. I know that God has given angels names. We just don't know their name. And so God didn't really, really think that that was important for you. It's just that he wants you to know you have help. Say, I have help. Say it again, I have help. You have help for the inside, and you have help for the outside. Remember I said, your inside help is the Holy Ghost. Inside help is the Holy Ghost bringing conviction on you, helping you to understand that's wrong. That's wrong. Don't do it. Sometimes the Holy Ghost may seem to be your family saying, that's wrong. And they're right in helping you to understand God. But the kingdom of God, anybody, can, if we define the kingdom of God according to the Bible, the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say it with me. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, even in our prayers, we say, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done here on like it is in. So what is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. God wants you to be kingdom-minded. Kingdom-minded people are being helped by the Holy Ghost and by angels to maintain a sense of righteousness, how many of you know the Bible says you and I are supposed to be what? Peacemakers. Not agitators. Not frustrators. Not alligators biting everybody. The Bible says you, you devour and bite one another. I mean, you know you can bite people with words. You can bite people with words. I'm still getting over something, Renee, that happened to me on Thursday. Oh, Lord, yes. Now, I was trying to ask someone to move. The Metro bus needed to get by. They were blocking traffic. I said, we're going to have to move you so that we can get these buses, school buses, Metro buses around the corner. You can't park in the walkway. person says, Stop harassing me. I'm not moving. Brother Baker, I didn't know I could get angry like that. <laughs> and I did. I was like, what? Then they jerked off, almost, you know, pulled off real quick. I had to get back. My feet would have been crushed. Because I'm at the driver's side just trying. And the bus, the metro bus is there. They're blowing the horn. I did want him to be quiet too, but he's just blowing the horns like somebody's got to move. I've got a route to keep. I've got a time schedule to make. And I know that that's how they, and so this person said, I'm not moving. I've been here.
How many of you understand that when you're in authority, sometimes you have to use your authority? Well, I said to her, I said to this individual, I said, look, if you refuse to move, I'm not going to serve you today. Now, folks, it's taking people three to four weeks to get scheduled. And so I know that, you know, you've taken some time to get on this schedule because we're getting thousands of calls. And they run through this phone trying to schedule all these people. I was like, Lord, have mercy. I, I, I get enough with just seeing 100 of them in a day. Now she's getting thousands of calls. I need food. I want food. But this person said, I'm not moving. I said, I'm not serving you. And so after a while, she just kept inching up. I just went back to where, you know, we are letting cars regulate through. I usually, usually regulate about eight or ten cars down, and we push a car down and get them loaded and send them on, and we send another down. And she's in that queue, but she wouldn't move. She wouldn't move. We had to move other vehicles so that we could get that bus around. And so there was another individual working with us on Thursday, another ministry that was here, and they were passing out uh, some goods and commodities. And when this per person approached that vehicle, this individual said to her, uh, hello, I want to talk to the manager. And so she said to her, here's him. <laughs> it's the one that you are refusing to listen to. He's the manager. She didn't say pastor. She didn't say any of that. She just said, because she said, I want to see the manager. She said, he's the manager. She said, oh, no, 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 no. I want to see the white manager. <sighs> this is 2023, folks. I thought we were a little bit more mature than that. And it hit me like a ton of bricks, because, see, I grew up in the civil rights movement. I went to a school where bananas were thrown at me, trash were thrown at me. I was called a monkey. I was called a lot of different, just unpleasant things. But the Lord reminded me in the context of this man, he said, don't you know I got angels all about you, young man? Don't you know Jesus was called some things? Don't you know Jesus was, was, was misheard and, and misunderstood? And it ain't going to be any different for you, but I've got you. Say, God's got me. God's got you. So when you're walking through the valleys and the shadows of death, when you're going through times where it doesn't seem like you're fully appreciated, let me know, let you know that God does appreciate you. God does have his angels encamped about you. God is on your side. God will back you up in whatever you're going through. No matter what you face or who you face, keep seeking his face. Because I told the, the guys, I said, I got to go sit down for a moment. You know what I had to do? I had to get back into a place. Because I don't know if you know your emotions are really, really real. And your emotions can take you out of the will of God. And that's why God tells us, he said, give no place to the devil. So sometimes you just have to stop and drop. And that's what I had to do. I came back in and I just stopped and I dropped to my knees and said, God, that hurt. Yeah. 
God. Do you, do you realize that sometimes you want to stop doing what you're doing? Yes. Now you all understand how much work it is to do this pantry. I, I don't think you understand what it means to be up here at 4.30 helping people. Go home dog tired. And it would be good just to have somebody say thank you. I, you say he's on a soapbox. I'm not on a soapbox. This is about the same message that I'm preaching to you. The angels had to come and minister to me on Thursday. And I knew they were. I knew they were getting, because it took me way back. There was anger. Anybody remember when the, a, a, a series came out called Roots? Miniseries? My mama had to keep me from going to school one day because I was mad. <laughs> Roots got under my skin. That human beings could treat other human beings like that. And part of the role of the angels is to help you not to mistreat other people. Amen. Even when they mistreat you. Jesus never mistreated any one of us, though we mistreated him. From the cross, my Jesus, our Jesus, your Jesus said, Father, it takes angels ministering to you to help you to get to that place where the grace of God rules rather than your emotions or your feelings. Angels are in heaven and on earth doing ministry, and their ministry is always to get you to focus on God. The Bible says it like this to us. It says, lean not until you're what? Acknowledge God. That's all angels are doing when they minister to us. They're trying to get us to stop leaning to our own understanding yeah. and just acknowledge God in that self. See, angels, the one thing we learn about angels, even when we talk about Lucifer, Lucifer was influential and he influenced what? One third of the heavenly host to follow him. But I don't know about you. I'm pretty good in math. One third leaves what? Sounds like more with us than be against us, huh? How many of you know that more with you than be against you? That, that happened in the Old Testament, you know. There was a young man that came and said, all these armies are coming to attack us. We're going to have to try to go out of the back tent and escape. And you know what the prophet prayed for that young man? Father, open his eyes. Now, he was not physically blind. You know that, don't you? So why would, why would I pray, open his eyes? Because there is a spiritual eye that has to be opened in us. And he says, open his eyes and help him to see there are what? More with us than against us. See, God has surrounded you with his favor like a shield. You need to go out every day knowing I'm surrounded with the favor of God. I'm surrounded with the favor of God. Look at somebody and say, the favor of God is all around me. And see, when they're sitting next to you, that means the favor of God is all around them too. Yeah. 
The favor of God is all around you. Amen? See, the godly angels that we're talking about, they, 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 they're not about themselves. Lucifer was about himself, and it was evil. The angels, the two-thirds, they were not about themselves. They're the elect. Not evil, they're the elect. And they help you, they help us. Hallelujah. I want you to give you two words that I want you to just kind of stick in your, 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 your remembrance for the rest of this week. Angels are both warriors and worshipers. One of the key things that you see about angels, they are always around the throne of God doing what? Worshiping. Worshiping. Angels are trying to point you and help you to become more of a what? Worshiper. I believe that when they lean in, that's why I said earlier what I said, why are the people so lethargic? Why are they lacking energy? That's what, because the angel says, we don't get tired of praising God. This is why I share it with you. When I had traveled to Tel Aviv a few years ago, and I was ministering in an Ethiopian church, and we, I call it the Ethiopian church because everybody in the membership of that church was from the country of Ethiopia, but we're now living in Tel Aviv, Israel. And when I went, I, I greeted the pastor. The pastor greeted me. I was also with some other ministers. They were from the uh, country of Canada. We all met there in Israel, and we were ministering in several places. I went from north to south to east to west of Israel. I've probably been into every township that, that is known in Israel, from north Hafa to south Elot. I was specifically asked if I would minister in Tel Aviv at this particular church, maybe because I was the only one of the skin color. But nevertheless... It's an opportunity to preach. But here's what happened. Four hours. If you all thought praise and worship was long today. Four hours. See, some of you, you don't realize that when you get to heaven, it's continuous praise. It's continuous praise. We're talking about adults, children, Everyone continuously praising God. You don't get tired of it. I never get tired of it. The only reason that I come up sometimes is because I know I can sense people getting tired. And I have to help you. See, and, and heaven is loud. So if you don't like loud worship now, you're going to be in trouble. I'm just, I'm just saying. Because angels... Worship, and that worship sounds that the Bible's talking about like thunder. Angels are worshipers, and he wants you and I to be that same way, worshipers. But angels are also warriors. This is why I said oftentimes there are things that you don't know is coming at you, and angels are keeping that kind of thing from coming and destroying you. Now, I can give you a couple of examples. There are many in the Bible. But I, I, I remember in Daniel chapter 10, and you will remember this. Daniel had been praying, the Bible says, for 21 days. And it looks like nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. And God sent a messenger. Anybody remember his name? 
What was that angel's name? Michael. He sent Michael. And the Bible talks about him waging war with the prince of Persia, which was Lucifer. And the Bible said, for 21 days, Daniel had been praying. How many of you have been praying sometime and didn't feel like anything was happening? And God wanted Daniel to know, from the moment you prayed, I heard. I heard you. But there were demonic angels trying to keep your blessing from you. And he sent Michael, an archangel, down to, as we would say, break up the log jam. Whatever heaven has dispatched for you, God intended it for you. But do be aware that there are demonic forces that does never want you to have what God has for you. This is why when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there are a lot of people says, oh, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about it. Everybody needs to receive the Holy Ghost. Every one of you need to be praying in other tongues. Oh, pastor, that's a subject matter we can leave alone, can't we? No, we can't. No, we shouldn't. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost working on the inside of you every day. You need that power. You are endued with power. You need to be praying in the Holy Ghost every day, working on the inside of you. And trust it. God got everything outside covered. He's getting you to the point where you'll have so much faith that no matter what the fiery dart that the enemy sends your way, you will be able to quench it with the shield of faith. And things that are happening in the realm that are above where you, you, don't, you, you don't really touch. God said, I'm touching that. I'll command the angels to go down and do this on your behalf. And he did that for Daniel. You remember, we shared that, I think last week, we were talking about, you remember the, 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 the young boys, the Hebrew boys? What were their names? <laughs> See, I, I, as much as we talk that, we tell you, their names are not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That is not their names. These are boys who went into a furnace because they refused to take those names. Daniel went into a lion den because he refused to take the name of Belshazzar. Azariah. Mishael. And Ananiah is their names. This is why we use the root of comparison. It said, in that, they were showing you a young boy who said, my name is Kunta Kinte. I said, well, we want your name, Toby. No. My name is Kunta Kinte. For those of you who haven't watched Roots, you should. You'll understand what I'm talking about. And for those who haven't read your Bible, you should read it. Daniel chapter 10. These are young boys who have been taken into captivity. They are being forced to learn other cultural things. And see, that's, this is what we are attempting not to happen to our children. This is the only reason that we have a, a, a school here at Rainbow. And people say, oh, it's profit-making. Please, Faith, come and tell them how much profit 
You know, by economic and financial, we're constantly in the red. But see, God didn't tell me to live by budget. He told me to live by faith. Amen. Trust him that he would supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we step out in faith. But I don't want these children to come and grow up and then start following other gods, idol gods, get back into worldly living and ungodly living, unholy living. It will kill you. The devil is dragging as many souls into hell as he possibly can. Say, it won't be me. You got to have that tenacity like Joshua had concerning his family. He said, as for me and we're going to serve God. So I applaud you parents who take a stance and say, I'm just going to stand on the promises of God. I'm going to stand on the word of God. My God will give me strength. My God will give me what I need on the inside. And my God will help me with what I need on the outside. I'm not a loser. You're not a loser. You are more than a conqueror. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. But the Bible says, don't cast away your confidence, though. You got to stay confident in God. He'll come through. Yea, though I walk through the valley and the shadows of death, I don't have to fear that I'm going to die in that situation. God will bring me out. God will bring me to the green pasture. God will do the restoration. God will put me beside the still water. That's what God does for his people. Yeah. Amen. He gives you all these heavenly resources to make sure it comes to pass for you. And one of them is angels. You know, I, even in preparing the message, I, I find myself repenting a lot and said, God, I've read over these scriptures a lot, and I missed it, didn't I? He said, most people have missed the, 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 the fact that angels are sent to be a part of ministry here in the earth. Again, you're not to be looking for angels. You're not to be worshiping angels. You're not to be bowing down to angels. Angels are just trying to get you to focus on God. Angels are just trying to get you to look to the hills from which comes your help. And your help is coming from God. Carl, I don't know if you have those scriptures, but we, I want to rifle through them as many as we possibly can. In, in, in Psalm 34, 7, Hebrews 1, 14, Genesis 19, uh, verses 15 through 17, it's all things about angels. It, 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 put them up as quick as you can, Carl. I want the people to be able to see it. I can read them because I've got them in my notes, but I want you to be able to see it as well. Look at Psalm 34, 7. It says, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him. And what? Mm -hmm. That's why I said, you got angels around you, and they're going to help you. They're going to help you. Hebrews 1. Verse 14, another scripture. I just want to go through a, a few of them. Look at this. It says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? 
Say, thank God I'm saved. And as a result of being saved, God said, look, I'm going to send these ministering spirits to minister to those who have this now inheritance. Look at Genesis. Go back to the Old Testament. Genesis. Verse 15. He says, when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. Well, we've been talking about this. We said, Lot wasn't a righteous man. But because Abraham had been crying out for his young nephew, even angels came and said, well, come on then. You got to get out of this. We're talking Sodom and Gomorrah here, you know. So when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot. Do you realize that when you are a man or woman of, of God, angels will go on your behalf to get your unsaved children? You know, I, I, I like this, this man named Jesse DePlantis. Y'all know that Louisiana boy, don't you, Jesse? And Jesse talk, talks about his testimony, about how he was up in the bar, just drunk as he could be. But Jesse had a praying mama. How many of you glad you got some praying parents? He said, while he's there, we have a friend that lives in Florida, talks about a similar situation that had in his life where he drank all of the time. Wife was pregnant. Just any day she could deliver it, he up in the bar drunk. Man comes and taps him on the shoulder and says, you need to get up. Your wife is about to have a baby. He knows that his wife, and I'm calling her name Peggy, he knows that Peggy is, is pregnant at that point. So he get up, stumbles out of the bar, gets into his car, goes down the street, gets stuck. We, 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 we're talking about Georgia. We're talking about Clay Hills. Anybody know anything about clay heels? Anybody ever had a car get stuck in the clay? I know what that's like. You know, we say in the South, it's either sand or clay. And each one will get you there, and you'll have to stay until somebody push you out. And so this man, who is a man of God, who is a pastor this day, said, I'm stuck now. I'm drunk. I'm stuck. And... I sense my wife is about to have the baby. Tow truck shows up. Tow truck. Didn't even call. Didn't even have AAA. Tow truck just show up. Tow trucks come. Said, we need to get you out of here. You need to get to the hospital. Hooks up the car. Pulls him out. You need to get going. He says, I'm sober now. <laughs> yeah, God can sober you up. You can be out of your mind, out of your... God can sober you up when you start having an encounter with God. And so it was. He's out. The tow truck goes down the road. He said, oh, I got to tell him, that's a, that's a dead end street. I need to go catch him. 
So he goes out to the tow truck instead of going to the hospital. But when he goes to the dead end street, the only person on the dead end street is him. Ministering angels. You don't have to pray God has let something like that happen to me. What you need to do is just obey God. But when we get to acting the fool, SOS, everybody, what's SOS? <laughs> you got it now, don't you? Y'all been listening to me preach. When we're SOS, God sends help. God himself dials 911 on your behalf. And yes, people have had encounters. And here's Lot. I'm trying to finish this. I, trust me, I want to finish this. Go, go, go to the next verse. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand. You understand that sometimes you are so slow that the angels just reach out and say, come on, come on. Come on. <laughs> I'm about to lose my Bible. <laughs> the angel grabbed a hold of his hand. Grab the whole of his two daughters. You know why I started this? Because sometimes you can be praying and you can get you out. You can get your children out if you will not let go of the promises of God, of the truth that you found in the word of God. The Lord is being merciful to him. And they brought him out, set him outside of the city. Take one more verse. So it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you. Do not look behind you. Nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. I got to end there because that's where I have to. I've been instructed by the Lord. Some of you are tempted to look behind and go back to a place of destruction. Some of you are tempted to look behind and go back and try to reconnect to an old relationship that you have no business being involved with. And the angels of God are even here today, if necessary, to take your hand and to pull you forward and say, let's go to the mountaintop. Let's go into the presence of God. Because in his presence, yes, that's where you're going to find the fullness of joy. You can't keep going back. You can't keep repeating what you used to do. You can't sometimes keep hanging with the old friend that you used to hang out with. You're a new creature. These old things have got to pass away, and behold, all things will start to become what? New. We got to get this straight, and then we're going to move to communion. And then from communion, we'll move to tithes and offering. And from tithes and offering, we'll move to our house. <laughs> but I can't move from here until you understand that it, 
The Spirit of God is trying to get you to move out of the dark place that you've been. Some of you have gone down some dark places in your life. And it's time to exit the darkness and enter the light. I want you to bow your head for just a moment, and the Holy Ghost is going to speak to you. You're going to feel the tug of the angels pulling you. Now, you can start to ignore me. And that's what a lot of people are, will do with God. They will ignore with God, and they will ignore him so long that God says, you know what, I'll just give you over to that reprobate way you're trying to go. And I've seen people who have been given over into a reprobate mind. I've seen kids who got into types of worship where they were worshiping demons and worshiping all kinds of spirit, and I've seen their minds just be totally lost forever. I've been into so many prisons ministering where men and young ladies will say, I didn't ever think I would end up here, and you didn't have to. And for some of you, you're on that road right now. And God is saying, but I've got a path for you right now. But you've got to come. You've got to understand what that angel was saying to Lot. You've got to come now so that you don't face the punishment that's coming on this city. So if you're here this morning, he says, I want to get on that road. I want to get on that path. I can sense God pulling at me. I can sense that my hand is being pulled toward God's hand. And God, old saints got a hold of it when they start writing a song and said, hold to his hands, God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things that are eternal, but you better hold to God's unchanging hand. Grab a hold of God's hand. I want to stand only as a person under shepherd. I want to take your hand. Come take my hand now. Whoever you are, come now. Whoever that needs to get into that path, come. I want to take your hand. I'm not God. I'm just standing as an agent of God. And an extension to say, I want to take your hand this morning. Because it's the hand of God extended to you and saying, give your life. Don't let the devil take your life. Give your life. And my hand is extended right now. Someone, God's speaking to you right now. Come and grab my hand. Come and grab my hand. Come and grab my hand. God's got a plan for your life. God's got victory coming your way. Come grab my hand. Come grab the plan of God for your life. Come grab my hand. Do not let this moment pass you by. The Bible says, when you hear my voice, please don't harden your heart. Thank you, Lord, for those who will freely come and say, yes, Lord, here am I. I don't know everything I need to know. But I know that you know the way. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. 
And God, thank you for eternal life. Say this with me. Just, just say it, everyone. Father, Father we, do believe we do believe Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. is your son. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is our Savior, our helper. Jesus is my Redeemer. I am asking Jesus to come in my heart, come in my life, redeem me. And as a redeemer of the Lord, I will say so and keep saying so. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. Ministers of the gospel, if you're here with me today, you're an ordained minister of the gospel. I just need you, young people, there's a room back there. We just call it the hospitality room, a holding room. I just need them to just get some information from you, give you some things like Bibles and books and whatever necessary. And I need you to contact me this week. We're going to grow. I'm not going to let you go. God told me to extend my hand to you. He said, don't let go of that hand. And we're not going to let go. We're going to the high places. We're going even into a new year, being new creatures. Old things passed away. Things that would bind us, you're going to find that they're going to drop powerless behind you as you continue to learn to praise God, praise God, praise God. So go right there in that room. And ministers of the gospel, you join them. And, and we're just going to continue. They're gonna, they're, there are communion elements in there. Have communion with them. Uh, ushers, if there are no communion elements in there, put some in there. Because they're going to have communion with them as they try to enter or now introduce them to what we are going to talk about right now as born-again believers. The Bible says, as often as you do this, everybody look this way. You ought to be giving them a clap offering and not just a stare. Because sometimes we stare at people and we scare people. Don't scare them with your stare. Embrace them with your joy and the joy of the Lord. So the ushers are going to come through the aisles right now. And they're going to put elements in your hand. We're going to ask you to hold to that element until we can all take it together. That element, we call them sacred. Fancy word called, it says it's sacerdotal. Even when they are establishing through the world system, we would call it. What's a church? What's a, a religious organization? It says there should be things that are sacred. And communion is considered one of those sacred things that we do. Marriage is considered a sacred thing. The homegoing service or funerals as we call them is considered a sacred thing. But at the top of all of the so-called sacerdotal things that we do, communion is at the very top. Because the Bible shows us that Jesus instituted this. And Jesus said, these elements that you're receiving in your hand right now represent something. The bread represents his body. The juice represents his blood. And the Bible says, you should do this. You should receive this. And as often as you do, he doesn't ever want you to forget what he's done for you. 
you'll remember. You'll remember that your salvation came with a price. Your liberation came with a price. Your victory came with a price. And Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Come on, follow with us, guys. Follow with us. Don't lose your attention. Don't lose attention to the Word. Don't lose attention to the Word. Follow with me. The most sacred time in our worship service. Don't be that distraction to somebody that may not fully understand this. So I've been in many places where communion was served and sometimes they'll turn the lights down. Nothing but a flicker, nothing but a candle. Letting people know God has translated us out of the darkness over into the marvelous light. I don't know if the message gets more sealed because of the setting of the light, but I know the message gets sealed as the hearing. And the Bible says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. What do we need to hear today? We need to hear today that all of heaven is rejoicing right now. Because if one person gives their life to, he to, to Christ, do you know all of heaven starts rejoicing? This is why I was trying to get you to start rejoicing and stop staring. Just start rejoicing with people. We need to learn how to do that more and more with people. Just start rejoicing. Just start clapping your hand. Sometimes, you know, people feel so much better about the decision that they make when somebody starts to get up and start giving them a standing ovation. And so we are so accustomed sometimes to just staring at things. And Jesus, even when he was giving up his body and the blood gushing out of his body, he's told the people, stop staring. He said, what are you crying about? Don't cry for me. You might want to know that, that things that are going to happen in your life, that if you don't have me, it will destroy you. Yeah. Say, I am not destroyed. I am not destroyed. You're not destroyed. Why? Because you have become a member of the body of Christ. And you have been promised, we have been promised eternal life. Remember that. Weapons are going to be formed against you, but they're not going to prosper. Why? Because you are a member of the body of Christ. You're surrounded, even as we learned today, with angels. You're surrounded with favor, like a shield. You have the whole armor of God that you get to wear every day. And as Sister Deline would say, you don't have to take it off. You don't even have to take it off. It serves as sleepwear. Walk where? Everywhere. Yeah. Armor of God. Armor of God. This bread represents Jesus' body. He himself said it represents my body. That will be broken for you. Break it and eat it together as one in the body. In like manner, they said Jesus took the cup and he shared with his disciples, this cup 
the contents in it represents my blood that was shed for the remission of your sin. Remission or remitting is a legal term that said everything's been set aside. It's been expunged. It's been wiped clean. How many of you know you've been wiped? Washed in the blood of Jesus. And the Bible said that washing has made you whiter than snow. I saw some snow the other day. Flourish. And I still say this until I fully see it. I have not seen anything on the face of the earth whiter than snow. Yet my Bible tells me that's what God does to you. And I mean, I'm talking about undisturbed snow. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Nobody drove over it. Nobody shoveled it. And I mean, it's just beautiful. God says, you're whiter than that. I've clean, cleansed you so clean that there is no spot. There is no blemish. There is no wrinkle in you anymore. You belong to me. Thank you, Lord, that we belong to you. Let's take the cup together, giving thanks to Jesus Christ for the shedding of his blood. Hallelujah. Thank you for the blood, Jesus. Thank you for the blood. And as I shared with you, the final thing that we want to do in the form of worship is to worship God in our giving of tithes and giving of offering and like we did on last week, I'm asking ushers, and I know I'm double-dipping them right now, but to come with the offering containers right now. Those other containers can pass themselves on through, and the people can help themselves or bring the offering containers at this point. Those white containers will pass themselves through. Don't worry about them, ushers. Just bring the tithes and offering containers at this point. Hallelujah. Some of you already have written your check, you know, stay, stay, Emma. I just want you to stand and hold it. Amen, thank you. I'm not trying to put you ushers on the spot, it's just it's the flow that God's got us in for the last couple of weeks here. We're going to continue to preach and teach on angels next week as well. No, I take that back. That's just traveling. I would want to. But, uh, yes, Pastor will be traveling. That's not an excuse to stay home. Sister Terry Bell is going to be preaching, and I know she's going to be preaching a dynamic message, and I don't think you want to miss it. But I am on assignment next weekend, and we'll be ministering in a portion of North Carolina, and uh, we'll be back on that Monday. But God is here, and God will be there, and I pray that you will be here. I don't think that every time the pastor leaves, everybody say, well, I'm going to stay home. Don't stay home. You're not coming to worship pastor. You're coming to worship Jesus. And if it's about Jesus, you're here to receive what the Spirit of God is going to say to you. And the Spirit of God moves through me. He moves through other ministers in this church as well. And be here. You'll be blessed. But if you have come with your heart to give, as the Scripture has directed us to, I would invite you after this prayer to come and bring your tithes and your offerings.
to the storehouse. Father, we thank you for those that are online that are giving through electronic means. We thank you for those that are here seated in the sanctuary that are coming and bringing envelopes or uh, various uh, resources, Father God, for the furtherance of the gospel. And we want to take your word, God, as far and as fast as possible into the uttermost parts of the earth. And it's in Jesus' precious name, Father. Thank you for the corresponding return on everyone's giving. In Jesus' name, amen. Come now, bring your tithes, bring your offering. Who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness? He humbled himself and carried the cross. A love so amazing, love so amazing, Jesus Messiah. at this time everyone if you can please stand with us as we give our benediction let me make one announcement now Saturday multitudes of people will once again gather at our door our back door the garage we would say to receive food we've learned now that most and a majority of them get here at 4 a.m. in the morning we indicate through our flyers that we start at 9 o'clock, but we realize the need is real. We shared how in October over 10,000 miles were fed. I would suspect when we tally the numbers in November, that number has gone up. The line seems to get longer every time, and every time we open our doors, we see multitudes and multitudes. We need everybody's help. I don't know if you have come and served in the pantry this year. If you haven't, no condemnation, but if you have time, please do come. Nine o'clock, yes, it's our start time. But when I see people lined up at 4.30 and I can be ready at seven o'clock, we'll start serving at seven o'clock. Now I plan to come on Saturday, though I need to travel on Saturday. Why do I do that? It 
I don't know, some, it does something in my heart to know that people are sitting in a line at 4.30 in the morning. And I try to do whatever I can to take some of that burden away from them, to try to do it quicker, faster. And so I can use help early in the morning. Maybe you're not the 4.30 guy like I am, but maybe you're the 5.31, the 6.31, 7.31. Get here. Get here. Help us. I've got to, I'll come at 4.30, but I've got to leave at 7.30 because I have a 2 o'clock appointment that I've got to be at in North Carolina. You all pray that the highways are just open. Amen. And your pastor ain't speeding it down. It. <laughs> but I know I need to come. But I love to have all of the men, we call ourselves move. Help me move some stuff Saturday morning. Help me put some things in place so that we don't leave a burden on the people that do come. And then we can serve people quickly, efficiently, and effectively. And all through this December month, you know, my wife and I, we're probably on the same page. We, we, we like to do Saturdays, the second Saturday and the fourth Saturday. The fourth Saturday, as you know, this month is going to be on the 23rd of December. I can't close. I can't say, I got to go to the mall. I got to get last minute gifts or last minute wrapping. 23rd, we'll be doing the same thing that we're going to do on this Saturday. Come, sir. What a blessing it would be to know that somebody's got food on Christmas Day. They've got something. And, and yet, it's not just food that we're trying to get to people. I'm trying to get Jesus to them. If you like to witness, if you like to pray with people, they're lined up. They're lined up from prosperity back to tech, all the way around and into our back door. At least 150 people are in a queue in cars. And as soon as we do that 150, another 150 are queued up again. And another 150 are queued up again. Folks, we're averaging 400 to 500 cars on a Saturday. And the Lord said to me, when the church wouldn't go, I started bringing them to the church. That's what he's doing. And it's our responsibility to help them, pray with them, and lead multitudes of them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus fed people, you know that. But he also knew it was an opportunity to share where the real meat, where the real bread comes from. Amen? Help us share that. Ninth, 23rd. There are other days in between. We call that holiday giving. Next week, I hope to have a flyer that you'll be able to, uh, Ms. Pat tells me that's the 15th and 16th. And I want to say this. Somebody asked me to, Pastor, can you all help us to explain we are wanting, in the Christmas holiday giving, we give toys to as many people as we possibly can. We've said to you as our congregation, if you have a need, identify that need. However, I don't think we said it clear enough. And let me just say this. In, in, in that, please, Pat, in that, what I'm trying to say is that we are talking about your immediate family members. The, 
we're, we're talking about your immediate family members. In other words, your son, your daughter. When you start telling me about the neighbor's kid or your nieces or nephew, that's not what we're talking about. We're, we're, we're trying to say, folks, it is limited in the way people give now. We used to have an abundance, an overflow. We don't have that overflow. I'm trusting God for it. But right now, what I can do, what we can do, is meet the needs of what social service is going to give us in the lift, but we will not overlook our own membership when it comes to their sons and their daughters that have needs. But I can't go beyond that, not quite now. So please don't say, well, I came and you all didn't meet our needs. I'm talking about your immediate family. Everybody say immediate family. Immediate family for me, if you need that definition, that's your son, that's your daughter. That's that person that you may be the guardian over. But I can't go to the next tier. I can't do the nieces and the nephews and grandchildren. I can't do those yet. Okay? Don't be mad at us. Help us as we help others. Amen? Lift your hands toward heaven. Now unto him that is able to keep us, the one who is able to present us faultless before the throne of his grace, to the only wise and true God who has come to redeem us and to give us the liberty of being the redeemed so that we as the redeemed can keep saying, how great, how great, how great is our God. Go tell somebody right now how great is your God. In Jesus' name, amen. We call you blessed. Thanks again for joining us today. Here at Rainbow Family, our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. If you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.org.